can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the Green Dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon Podcast. This is Jeremy alone with an episode 71B. I had to look up the episode number. I usually don't do that. Don't bother with it because we record them simultaneously or all over the place or out of order. But that's all fun. I have to respond to my last episode because we've had some some events happen, some changes. Uh, the FAQ that, that we referred to that Harry and I looked over has been updated. So the update has been in the following way. We've got from the main rule book. Uh, a siege engine, if reduced to zero wounds, is removed. Okay, I don't think that's a big deal. The big deal is, in the rule book, adding allies, it's now, naturally, when multiple armies ally with each other to fight together, they'll each be led by an appropriate leader. For a historic alliance, each allied force must contain at least one hero with the heroic tier of fortitude or higher. For a convenient alliance, or an alliance containing impossible allies, each allied force must contain at least one hero with a heroic tier of valor or higher. Models from the Wanderers in the Wild list ignore these restrictions. So this has been changed. So now the Green Allies, essentially, Historic Alliances, can take Fortitude Heroes. Good, good. That's a good change for me. Uh, that means that, that you can have in those like Gondor Alliances, Fiefdoms and Gondor, for example, you can have Prince Imrahil leading, who has the Gondor character uh, keyword, I believe, leading a Captain of Minas Tirith with some Minas Tirith Warriors if you want. So it op- opens up a lot of options that way again. So that's, that's good. There's also some more. Kirdan's been changed to a minor hero, so that's, uh, I yeah, well, well, we'll talk about why that is in just a moment, but he's down to a minor hero, so he's not going to be able to ally. Arwen's the same thing, although in the the Hobbit one, there's a misprint, they've printed the same errata twice, so they have to FAQ the FAQ of the FAQ, but basically Arwen can be included in a fellowship army as part of the fellowship army list if you include Aragorn Strider, so that's cool, you can do the, the Fords of Bruinen movie version, so that, that's good, anytime you can do that, that's fine. And also, she's a minor hero now. And Alfred the Counselor may only be included in an army that includes either the Master of Lake Town or Bard the Bowman. Or I assume both as well. So that that's actually good as well. That's that's all how I've always taken him when I've taken him. Because he feels weird to be giving advice to people that he wasn't naturally with. So all those changes, I think, are quite positive. And we'll go through... Jay's provided some excellent reasoning on the Warhammer community. So I'll just summarize that one very quickly. So in the article entitled Update Allies in Middle-Earth from the 20th of Feb, Jay goes on to say, and it's written by Jay, he talks about allies are great, which is which is a good thing, because uh, there was rumors going around that alliances were going to be removed from the game. So just the this little paragraph that Jay goes on and says alliances are important is really reassuring. That's all good. So he's talking about the change. What it means is he's targeting specific models. So he's it's, he's gone through the the intention, which is which is really impressive that he's gone to do this. He didn't have to do this. I think it makes it very clear. Kirdan. So Kirdan's showing up. He talks about why he shows up. Basically, the bottom line is Kirdan is really really good and very affordable in points. Like he's he's less than an elf captain and significantly better. His spells are useful for pretty much any army. Things like blinding light can essentially cancel out the shooting phase. Uh, the Terra one, I can't remember what it's called, Aura of Dismay or something maybe, that one pretty much cancels the movement phase for some armies. So he's one that, that is such a force multiplier that apparently he's showing up way too often, which I can believe. So, so dealing with him, that's probably a good idea. Uh, Arwen sounds like the same thing. Because she can take 12 elves, she's been basically being used as a cheap drop as well. So she's one of the more affordable elves. She's pretty good. And we're basically saying that we don't want her to be used as much. I'm fine with that. That's all good. Uh, the Easterling Army bonus one, I didn't realize. So that's that's a, an interesting one. So apparently people have been putting one Easterling hero 
into an army to get the army bonus. So basically, you can start re-rolling the, the endgame conditions. That's a, a little bit cheeky, and they've put in a rule to uh, rectify that, so it only works 25%. I missed that from the FAQ, but that's that's fine of me. I've never even considered that one, and I don't think we talked about it in the Green Dragon Eastling episode. If we did, I don't remember it, so that that's a fair change. Alfred the Counselor being used with a captain or someone else to drop in cheap might. He's incredibly cheap. He's, the, I feel like the Master and Alfred are appropriately costed together. So that seventy points or so for the two of them put together makes perfect sense. So that that's that's a good amount because Alfred's well undercosted, Master's well overcosted. Alfred and Bard, that's it's a bargain because Bard's really good already. So Alfred and Bard is very good. But yeah, Alfred adding essentially three points of might onto anyone for a very low twenty points plus he's an extra hero, which is an advantage in a lot of scenarios. That's fantastic. So I can see why people got him showing up all the time and he's a bit of a no-brainer like it's so really cheap i think he could actually lead some warriors as well which is yeah really good and then haldia oh, i forgot about this change as well haldia has been changed a couple times so he's been updated to valor which is interesting i'm not really sure why that's the case because the the fortitude he's the green allies allies with rohan and the fellowship so i'm not sure why that is i'm sure there's some reason someone might be able to point it out to me but He's been changed, so he's now Valor, so he can now have 15 elves, and he can he can basically ally again, which is, he was the most talked about one. So that's all good. So, look, I'm very, very impressed that we've got an explanation article. That's that's really good, and, and overall, I'm quite impressed with this whole saga, actually. I'm going to respond to, to some comments that were directed at us and also directed at community in general as well in just a moment, but my personal thoughts and... I don't speak on behalf of the whole Green Dragon, is that this is probably a good response. I don't agree with all the changes. Some of them I would have done very differently. I would have probably addressed Kidan differently. I probably would have addressed Alfred differently. Uh, look, I probably would have addressed most things differently because I'm a different person to the to the writers. But I'm happy with... They, they got what they wanted. So they wanted to make these characters less appealing. They've done that, but they've they've lessen the amount of other models it's affected. So it still affects some others. It's still some of the alliances that we've talked about aren't okay at the moment. Maybe they'll get Legendary Legions later. But the majority of them are. And the main one that I was concerned about is our lowly captain, who, who whose job is to, to lead a small amount of troops, not being able to, to ally with, with alliances that have already been historically established. So things like the Rohan-Gondor alliance has been going on since the start of Rohan. So the idea of a captain of Rohan or a captain of Gondor helping out the others is totally within the setting. And that, that would be absolutely fine with, with anyone with a law, most likely, but it wasn't allowed in that that very small window, that two-week window we had between the FAQs. So it's addressed that one, which was probably my main concern overall. And look, it is a thematic concern. It's also a, a, an army list variety concern, but mostly it's a thematic concern. And I'm going to respond to some comments about theme as well. So overall, thumbs up. So I felt I needed to go in and finish that off because uh, the episode essentially last time felt a little bit incomplete because of our, the way we ended that one. So now the responses. So here's some comments, firstly, at the Green Dragon and myself personally. I'm going to not say who said them because some of them were said by multiple people. And also, I don't want to make it about like us versus them. So the comments, this one's is all for this, this sort of group of comments that um, we should be more positive. We should be less negative. Uh, we should be helping the community move forward rather than backwards. We shouldn't be be complaining. All this sort of th- those sort of comments all put together, which are all fair comments, and, and I don't mind people making those comments, of course. The Green Dragon's always positioned itself to be able to speak out against things that, that 
maybe members of the community are doing, maybe Games Workshop's doing, maybe that each other are doing, really. We can, we can call each other up on that as well. Because we've tried to keep ourselves free from, from being like partners with the, the game company. We've set ourselves up like that intentionally. So that means that we basically put ourselves where we don't get any sort of support from, from Games Workshop. Some of the other podcasts get like preview materials and all this sort of stuff. It's part of the reason why we're always six months late with our review. We've got to go get use our, our money, buy them ourselves, wait till they get to Australia on the, the boat or whatever it ta- does and, and pick it up. So we, we've positioned ourselves so we can speak out against it. Now, we, we don't do that all the time. We, we try to give as, as like our own opinions and as honest as possible, but we don't want to sway either way. So I believe we're, we're positive when we need to be positive, and sometimes we go a little bit negative, and I try to use that when we, we absolutely have to. If it's a small issue, you, we usually do it through humor. So we usually have a joke about it. It's a little snide remark somewhere, some sarcasm somewhere, a bit of a laugh. And that's you just deal with it and, and get on with it. But for the big issues, and this one I, I personally believe is a big issue. Some people don't, and that's fine. That's fine. No problem with that. But for big issues like this, and uh, the last one I think was maybe the pricing change, or was it the Dale Banner? I'm not sure. That one, that one was probably quite minor, but we did make a bit of noise about that as well. Those ones that... We're in a position where we can make some noise, and this is good because a lot of people can then use us to to express their opinions and to get that across as well. So we always get contacted quite a bit when we, we talk about this sort of stuff, and um, we get a lot of responses from our page, and, and the action tends to increase quite a bit. We get a lot more people liking us. We get a whole bunch of people disliking us as well, which is fine. Um, either way, like I'm, I'm not too worried either way. We know that if you put out an opinion, not everyone's going to like the opinion, and that's that's okay. That's It's important to put out those opinions. And that's what we believe. It's important to put out those opinions because if no one says it, then no one knows it. So the, the games designers purposely have put themselves into things like um, Facebook pages. I know they listen to some, some podcasts and YouTube videos. I don't think they listen to ours. So I think I'm pretty safe here. But they put themselves so they've got an ear in what's going on in the community. So it's important when something in the community happens that we, we do make sure that they're aware of it and they can choose to either respond to it like they did or not respond to it like they did for the, the other issue, which I'm not going to go on about anymore. So, uh, look, I'm going to continue to do that. I, I feel like the last episode was a mixture of positive and negative. I don't think it was all negative. I think my comments online... Um, I, Facebook algorithm's weird sometimes. Sometimes it, it like gives people all the negative comments and not the other ones. So I'm not sure if, if the people who have said that have just copped some, every time I've said something negative, I'm not sure, but that's fine. I don't mind at all there. So, so we're going to continue that. We're going to make sure that, that we're as honest as we can, that we keep our, our integrity as much as possible. And that means we will be, we'll be negative sometimes. Uh, hopefully, if we become negative all the time, we'll probably just drop the game altogether, which I don't think is going to happen, but that's happened to me in other game systems as well, where I just got to the point where it was just so negative all the time that I just couldn't play the game anymore. I had to move away. The next comment was not directed at us, of course. It was that changing the FAQ so soon sets a, a precedent that basically the community uh, kicks up enough of a stink, uh, moans that complains, whatever they want to call it, that the the writers will always change the, the FAQ. Now, I don't think this is necessarily a negative. It definitely means that they're listening to the community. I get that if they listen to the community too much, that's going to cause a problem. I understand that. And I actually agree with that. I feel like... The, the designers need to, at some point, say, we will shut out the noise. We're not going to go through with it. We're still going to make the noise. And as a community, we should still make the noise. But at some point, they have to back themselves and say, we're not going to do that. I don't think that was this point. I think this one was important that they did that. I don't think it sets a precedent at all. There's no reason they ever have to listen to us again. There's no, there's no obligation. We can't just turn around and say, hey, I don't like this next change. I don't like that the ruffians still don't have any axes. Therefore, you must change it. 
They don't have to. They can say, you're ridiculous. That's only for you and, and get lost. So I don't think it sets a precedent. I think it could be a positive that, that they're listening to the community. It could be a negative if you, you think that the community is, is driving the company. I, I get that as well. Uh, the next one was that Kiran is a much bigger character than is deserving of the minor heroes. And the argument is that minor heroes are reserved for people like Fatty Bulger or for people like uh, the Bard's kids or this sort of level of heroes quite often. And I understand that one as well. And I understand that, that people have backed it up and said, well, he's not that important in the third age. But we play plenty of second age characters as well. We've got people like Gilgalad that's still rocking around in, in a fair amount of Rivendell armies, quite frankly. And alongside Kidan quite a bit as well, funnily enough. So we've got third age Kidan playing with second age Gilgalad. Oh, that, that's okay. Uh, I feel like this will be easily changed if we get a, a older profile of Kidan sometime in the future. I don't know if that's coming or not. I see this as probably a mechanical change more than a thematic change, and I'm okay with that at times. I, I think that I, I said in the last episode that I wanted them to target Kiran instead of targeting everything, and that's what's happened. So I'm not going to be too upset about that. I do understand the people that are. I, I don't believe he's a minor character in Tolkien's work. Uh, in the actual War of the Ring, maybe. Maybe he's a minor character, but is he on the level of Fatty Bulger? I don't know. I still, still think he can probably fight. I feel like... um. I feel like Galadriel's somewhat of a similar character as well. Like she didn't do a whole lot rather than give advice in in the War of the Ring, and yeah, she she's still very powerful in the game. And I know that the Hobbit era is a, a thing as well. So I'm I understand that that that's probably a mechanics driven thing more than a thematic driven thing, and I feel that that's probably a fair change in that context. And I do totally understand the people who. I disappointed the Kidan, the true fans of Kidan, the ones who who like him for his beard, who like him for his story, who like him because of all the stuff he did throughout Middle Earth, and and they might like the the profile as well. Who knows? Uh, I've got another interesting criticism: is that the match play is now too focused on themes and enforcing theme, and I understand this a little bit in that we are getting incentivized to take thematic armies more and more now so there's army bonuses which in some cases are very very powerful there's uh armies that that well wouldn't be wouldn't be themed that are that are being banned altogether there's like named heroes are definitely encouraged by their profiles being significantly better i I can see where people are saying that this is the case um i don't necessarily agree with it though I think we're playing the middle of strategy battle game so I think at some point theme has to be a consideration and this is why I play the game personally is is the theme I think the mechanics are great but there's probably better games out there as well um, I do I, I like this game because it's a mixture of all kinds of things I think the one thing it does better than any other game is the narrative scenarios I feel like a whole bunch of games that should be doing them don't do them but the mechanics I think are very good um, bordering on excellent I feel like the story is really dragging me in. I really like the models, or most of the models anyway, and I've been playing long enough that I'm sort of sort of stuck at the moment. But I feel like the focus on theme is important. I do like that if you don't want a themed army, if you want to go for mechanics or interactions, you can still do that. It's not entirely banned. The issue I had with the the allies being banned, well, not being banned, being severely restricted, was that it, it did ban some army structures. It didn't ban any models, but it, it banned some, some ways. And I don't like that. I don't like people straight out banned. I do like some things getting less powerful. If they're too powerful, making them less powerful, I don't mind that. Um, sometimes it affects my own stuff. I don't mind that. I feel like that's probably a better way of doing it. I don't like outright bans because I talked about that in the last episode. Too much focus on theme. 
Um, the argument is that match play isn't about theme, and I get that argument as well because for me, the theme dies as soon as we play evil versus evil in a, in a weird context or good versus good. At that point, it feels a lot more like a, a mechanics game rather than a theme-driven game. So I, I get that as well. I, I I understand that, but I I don't... I, I get the complaint. I don't necessarily agree with it. I feel like like a focus on theme is probably a good thing. Yes, there is st- stuff that's themed and very, very powerful. Um, the Gambling Banner is, is a classic example. It's it's in theme, but it's very, very powerful. And Gambling's a pretty much a minor character. Um, he's become a, a major part. Some people say he makes the Rohan army work. Um, for a minor character to do that seems a bit weird for me from a theme point of view, but he's themed. Um, some of the things like... Can we really justify Sheila being in other armies? I don't know if we can. So, because she basically hit on her own. And there's some things that, that break the theme, and theme's very much a personal thing as well. Some people are happy to proxy profiles. Some people are not. Some people make up their own parts of Middle-earth. Some don't. Some people go to the wider source material. Some don't. And there's all kinds of variations on that. So we want to be careful about enforcing that. And what I don't like is, us telling everyone how they absolutely must play. I like that being the option. I do like that there's an option for people to take, um, like, I guess, unthemed lists. They can take the Red Alliances if they want. That's that's okay. I, I don't mind that at all. Do I play like that? I try not to. I try to keep it themed. Sometimes some will argue my themes aren't, aren't there. But I feel like we want to be as inclusive as possible. It's a small community already. We don't want to be we putting people around. If people, the, the reason they play this game is the mechanics and the army list building and the combinations. I want something for them as well. I feel like that we can we can all live together. Maybe not in harmony. I don't think we live in harmony. But we can definitely live together. And the last one I want to talk about is the response that you should, if you don't like something, if you don't like the way match play is going, for whatever reason, and this, this came on both sides, uh, go to open play. Um, I'm I'm curious how many people are, are playing open play. I'm sure there's some, because... Uh, it's silly to think there's not, but this idea that, that you should get out if you don't like it, I, I don't agree with that. I feel like the only way you can change something is being part of it. If you just leave, that's the point where, where there's no more changes. So I don't like that, and I feel like match play is the all-inclusive thing as well. This is the one where someone comes to an event, they put their own spin on match play, and everyone follows those same rules, and we all play on the same rules, and some of us are there for theme, some of us are there for a competition, some of us are there because we like our pretty models, Whatever, some of us are just there to go and have trivia and, and have some drinks in the evening. But whatever the reason we're there, we're all there. And that's, that's I think, a good thing. To tell people that they, they should go to open play because they're, they're too focused on theme or not focused on theme, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's an unfortunate uh, response. And I, I don't agree with that one. I feel, like, I feel like we should be inclusive. Please come to narrative play. We've been playing some really fun narrative play at the moment. We played a scenario called Against the Southern Hordes. Um, from the old Gondor and Flames book. And if you want to play an old scenario that's amazing, that's the one to go. It's so much fun. It's got a mechanic where flames are popping out of the, the tents and burning people as they go. Uh, Boromir's fighting his way through. It's a really great scenario. So uh, so instead of, of getting go to, go, getting kicked to open play, get kicked to narrative play. That's that's a fun fun place to be. I feel like that's, that's all I need to say about that. I'm sure there's some other stuff later on. Oh, yes, there is, of course. So I made a, a thread on the the Green Dragon page and shared it around where I was talking about, I got people to share their cool armies and I, I didn't specify what cool was. I said whatever is to them. The reason I did this was partly just because 
I was feeling pretty bad about the changes and, and some of the armies that I had been designing, um, some of them I've designing for the show actually as well, I suddenly can't use. The poor Mortar episode has been chopped up and re-chopped and oh, it's, it's taken some beatings by, by the changes. So I thought, I want to see see what people have done with their armies and, and, and let's share our, our the ones that are no longer available. And that, that thread really shot out. There was people who had some incredibly themed converted personalized armies that that weren't allowed under those rules there's some people that had some absolute filth that wasn't allowed there was there's a whole bunch of things and and that was i think it was fun to actually talk about them and seeing them and i'm doing an episode on that and now it's going to be a much more positive episode which is good because a lot of those armies are back on the table a lot of them are being used again a lot of them are around again so i'm really happy about that some of them are still banned but we'll definitely go through ways that we can do something similar now because i feel we've got some flexibility to do that as well so that's a nice, really short episode. Hopefully it's not too preachy. I thought I would respond to some of the criticism, and I'm more than happy to, to cop criticisms for myself. I'm more than happy for people to be critical in the community. I think that's pretty valuable. I know that some people don't like it. I'm sorry that those people don't like it. I'm sorry it makes them feel uncomfortable. But there we go. That's, that's my thoughts on it. You can let me know what you think if you want to. Some people do automatically. Some don't. Either way, that's all fine. And we'll get back to some some more normal contact next time. I'm not prepared to do the army list episode next. I want to break it up with some some army reviews. I really want to get that mortar episode out. I can't wait for that one. That's that's really fun. See you next time. Traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.